Welcome to episode 12 of Flying Podcast. With the downturn in the economy and what I've always thought of as the relatively high cost of renting an air taxi, I thought there was an opportunity for someone to set up just such a service using modern advanced twin-engined aircraft powered by economic diesel engines and able to get into small local airfields making the whole experience much more user-friendly. Well, I have found just such a person. Today I'm up in York on my way to meet Peter Bondar of Diamond Executive Aviation. Peter is launching his own air taxi service and I'm here to find out what he and his company have to offer. Uh, I'm with uh, Peter Bondar of Diamond Executive Aviation. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, Diamond Executive Aviation, uh, what exactly do you do? We run uh, an air taxi and air charter service using uh, the Diamond DA42 twin-engined aircraft uh, uh, and we offer that service to business professionals, ferrying them typically from uh, outlying geographical areas in northern England, the Midlands, uh, to various locations in both the UK, Ireland and and near Europe. why did you set up the company? Uh, we had uh, already been flying uh, personally and professionally for ourselves uh, in our various company activities for some time, and we realized that the benefits of being able to travel to small airfields close to where we wanted to transact business. Uh, we could also see that quite a few of the places that we needed to go were not very conveniently situated for traditional uh, traditional ticketed type uh, aircraft uh, and so uh, we, we had de- decided to develop a strategy to offer a service to other business people that allow them to, to go from a point to point basis uh, uh, as quickly and as economically as possible. You mentioned that you use the Diamond DA42, that's the twin star, that's a diesel engined aircraft isn't it, what particularly uh, suits that to, to this task? Uh, yeah, the DA42 twin star is uh, actually pretty much perfectly matched to our requirements. It's uh, essentially a four-seater aircraft with the same physical attributes inside uh, as a Golf or Audi A4 type car. So it can carry a pilot and three passengers in a relatively high degree of comfort, certainly far better than uh, cattle class, as we would call it. Uh, um, uh, Technically, from our viewpoint uh, and from the client's viewpoint, has a number of advantages uh, here. the turbo diesel engines are uh, very quiet and very smooth, so the uh, experience for the customer in the plane is is not of a shaky, rattly type experience they might have expected from a smaller aircraft, but it, it literally feels more like a, a jet type aircraft. Um, in addition, the, the diesel engines are very economical, which means that uh, the carbon footprint that we generate is actually the lowest carbon footprint of any commercial aviation activity. Uh, also, the economy gives us uh, great range. We can travel up to 1,200 miles non-stop uh, without refueling, which is quite good for a, a small aircraft. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, uh, the, the rest of the aircraft is uh, certified for flight in known icing and is certified for flight in, in bad weather conditions uh, and carries de-icing and uh, thunderstorm detection, all sorts of other equipment. So uh, it is literally like a state-of-the-art miniature uh, Boeing 737, but packaged down to a, a small, smaller size. And you, for air taxi service, you can only use twin-engined aircraft in, in this country, in Europe, is that correct? Yeah, in, in Europe, the, the rules are very clear that if you want to fly uh, over water or at night or in bad weather, uh, the aircraft must have two engines. 
uh, and therefore, uh, realistically, given them the type of conditions that, that uh, we, we will all experience in terms of uh, uh, travelling over from the water to near continent or operation after dark or obviously with any clouds around, then uh, it has to be a twin-engined aircraft. And how many of these diamonds do you have in the fleet at the moment? Uh, we have two. two. We, were launching the, uh, we launched the service with uh, two, two uh, aircraft, one based in Yorkshire and one based in the East Midlands area. Uh, but you say you're based here, you could actually pick up people from, from any particular airport that's nearby where, uh, where the businesses are? That's correct. I mean, uh, the, 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 the section that, that we call the, the empty sector where we go from our base airfield to another airfield to pick the customer, it could be, as you say, uh, any, any distance. And in fact, because the aircraft are, uh, have very strong undercarriage and very good performance, we can pick people up from much smaller uh, airfields than a traditional aircraft can, so we can literally pick people out of grass fields and, uh, and deliver them to a grass field close to uh, where they want to transact their business. Um, are the aircraft pressurised? No, the aircraft are, are not pressurised. They're, uh, they're uh, currently limited to flying at uh, a maximum altitude of 10,000 feet. Uh, in practical terms, in the, the weather conditions that we encounter in, in northern Europe, uh, that typically allows us to fly still on top of the clouds in, in, the, in the winter. Most of the clouds start at two or 3,000 feet and typically finish at five or six. So uh, we're sitting above the clouds usually in sunshine, uh, but we're not flying at the same levels as, as, as uh, the traditional jet, large jet aircraft. But you get a much nicer view at 10,000 feet. Uh, yes, the, uh, the view generally is, is very good, and uh, uh, most of our clients uh, uh, find it almost slightly surreal sitting in uh, bright blue sunshine uh, uh, with the aircraft just above the clouds and then often descending through the, uh, the clouds to find it's quite dark and murky, uh, but it, it makes a very interesting uh, experience for most of our customers. Uh, what would you say are the advantages of using an air taxi service over, over and above uh, scheduled airlines? There are several advantages, and to be fair, there are several disadvantages. Uh, the advantages are the fact that you are in control of uh, the e event. You will determine when you leave and you will determine when you depart, so you don't have to worry about missing uh, a connection or, or a flight. Uh, you can go from directly from point A to point B, wherever that is, without having to worry about a routing. Um, and it will work out, especially if you're carrying two or three people rather than just one, because the cost of the aircraft is the same, whether it's carrying one passenger or, or, or three passengers. You, f you can often find it's more cost-effective than alternative forms of travel when you have two or three people with you. Uh, on the flip side, uh, nobody can pretend that if if uh, uh, a low-cost airline is going from a particular airport to a d different airport, that we can match that in terms of uh, price. But in terms of customer service and control, uh, we're undoubtedly in the lead. Of course, if you're flying from your local airfield, you've no problem with parking usually or security and check-in. You just wander straight in and off you go. Yes, I mean, one of the reasons a lot of people are getting increasingly attracted to this type of approach is the fact that, uh, as you say, uh, uh, generally parking issues are, are negligible uh, because we're responsible uh, for managing the security aspects, which we uh, do in advance. Uh, there's typically no problems with uh, immigration or security-related uh, issues, and therefore, again, for 
from a customer's experience viewpoint, it, it, it tends to be a very hassle-free type of experience. Uh, would you say you have a, a typical sort of customer at the moment, or are these sort of many and varied? Uh, we have all sorts. We have regular that uses us uh, uh, on a frequent basis uh, uh, on an ongoing contract, and then we have people who have specific pressing uh, requirements and users on a one-off basis. Uh, and so we have a fairly uh, Catholic Catholic collection of, of customers in that sense. Uh, do you get people going on leisure flights as well? So they want to go on holiday somewhere with the family. Is that feasible? Uh, yeah, we uh, we are, one of our specialities seems to be taking uh, husbands and wives to uh, expensive restaurants for anniversaries and, and dinners. So, uh, for example, we've flown people from Yorkshire down to uh, Torquay uh, to uh, go to Rick Stein's restaurant. Uh, and we've done similar things down into the west side of London for other other restaurants, and we've ferried people uh, on holidays uh, up to Scotland and uh, Ireland and, and other locations. Uh, in terms of the economies, uh, or how far can the DA42 fly, did you say? The, the DA42 is good for up to 1,200 miles, but because you're travelling in a car-type environment, you're not able to stand up. There is no toilet on board, and therefore, realistically, uh, most journeys are limited to the uh, literally the physical endurance of the passengers in those circumstances. So we generally recommend uh, journey durations of between one and two and a half hours, which takes people typically somewhere between uh, 200 and 500 miles, uh, which means that they can go from Yorkshire to Paris in uh, non-stop in one go. Uh, if they want to travel further, that's fine, but we usually recommend people land and have a stre stretch their legs and, and have a break, maybe take lunch, uh, and make it more of, a, uh, of, a, uh, of an ongoing adventure. Uh, so could you fly from an unlicensed airfield nearby? Yeah, the, uh, the type of aircraft we've got and the approvals that we have mean that we can uh, subject to the... Uh, airfield having a long enough runway, we can operate uh, in daylight from almost uh, uh, any uh, piece of grass or uh, any airfield that has a satisfactory length. And could you give us an outline of uh, a typical cost of a journey, let's say, you know, for uh, three hours, which would take you, what, to central France somewhere? Yeah, uh, uh, a trip to from North Yorkshire to France uh, for the day with the pilot uh, on standby, ready to return at your convenience will typically cost around about £2,000 to give you a, a broad order of magnitude type figure. So you pay just for flying hours really? Yeah, the, the cost of it is, is based uh, on a relatively simple algorithm of, of a, a certain cost per hour of the aircraft and then uh, a, a, a small charge for the pilot while he's waiting on the ground. So uh, uh, most of our customers are involved typically in day trips or overnight trips um, and uh, uh, or in some cases, we'll drop them off at the beginning of a week and pick them up at the end of the week. And what sort of pilots do you use? What sort of qualifications do they have? Are they uh, sort of ATPL trained? Uh, the pilots are at the same standard as any uh, airline. Uh, because of our history and our location, uh, our pilots tend to be actually more experienced uh, than what you would typically find today, uh, certainly in the right-hand seat of, of a jet aircraft. So uh, most of our pilots have uh, at least three or 4,000 hours of experience. Uh, because of our location, 
we are fortunate to be surrounded by a, a large number of military airfields and that attracts uh, uh, significantly uh, experienced and mature uh, people from the armed forces to uh, participate in our pilot program so uh, as, as I say the, the pilots we tend to have are, are, the, are the creme de la creme of, of most air crews. Uh, are there any other services that Diamond Executive offer? We, the, we essentially offer a point-to-point -point air taxi service, but what we'll do uh, to uh, different types of clients is add extra facilities. So we will do, for example, parcel collection and parcel drop-off. We've flown um, parcels for automotive factories to keep production lines going from the UK to Portugal and done point-to-point -point delivery. Um, in, ad in addition to that, uh, we will offer um, taxi services and arrange that a customer will, can be picked up from home uh, and delivered to uh, his end point uh, in one integrated package if that's required. Uh, and the future for DEA? Um, it's obviously uh, uh, not very good as far as the economy is concerned, but is that, is that an advantage for you in that you know, you're, you, you're able to offer a, a, a more cost-effective taxi service for people wishing to fly point-to-point? We're actually very encouraged, ironically, by the current environment because uh, the chartering of jet aircraft has become something of a political hot potato uh, and uh, clearly has overtones of, of conspicuous consumption. Uh, the fact that our aircraft are somewhat more modest and much more practical and cost typically four to ten times less to, to uh, operate than a, a, a jet aircraft means that they're not seen in the same kind of uh, status symbol and currently negative connotations associated with that. And still, when you compare traveling uh, uh, in our aircraft with uh, the cost of first-class rail tra travel, uh, it, it's often the situation that uh, our prices are less than the cost of sending two or three people by first-class train. So we're not seeing any particular negative uh, ramifications from the current recession and I know in the in America the uh, the single engine very light jet is making inroads into the the taxi market but that again is is, is not possible here is that the case the, re the regulations that uh, that are currently in Europe prohibit the use of single engined uh, jet aircraft or turbo prop aircraft for commercial air taxi uh, basis so uh, unfortunately uh, for uh, all people that, that's not a practical solution and unlikely to be available uh, for the foreseeable future so uh, twin engined aircraft are, uh, to, uh, are today and for the, f for the future the, uh, the basis of, of, of European air taxi work Okay thanks very much for that story about the uh, Diamond Executive Aviation but uh what about your background? How did you get into flying yourself, Peter? Uh, I've always uh, loved the idea of flying, um, and until about uh, 12 years ago, I satiated my need for speed with motorcycling. Uh, unfortunately, I ended up uh, losing my license for, uh, uh, as a result of speeding, and uh, couldn't face the co uh, prospect of not having an internal combustion engine uh, near me. Uh, I was driving to work uh, near Cambridge Airport and I saw a small Piper warrior coming into land and I was intrigued to see if I needed a car license to, as a basis of, of having a pilot's license and I, I discovered that 
I didn't need a car license. So while I was enjoying a, an enforced rest from motorcycling, uh, um, courtesy of my ban, uh, I then learnt, learnt to fly, and that was the start of a long and slippery slope, uh, ending up today running an air taxi business, but with many interim steps on the way. What sort of aircraft have you owned along the way? Uh, I started out having uh, learnt to fly on the Piper Warriors uh, by having a, a part share in a, a, a Yodel DR250 four-seater wooden French plane. Uh, I then built a, a French Bambi Dinero MCR01 kit plane. Uh, I then moved on to the Diamond DA40 when we first wanted to use aircraft for commercial purposes. Uh, and then we moved relatively seamlessly from the DA40 to the DA42 for the launch of our air taxi business. Uh, just going back to the Bambi, how long did it take you to build that? Uh, I built, it was the first one built in the country and I was working on it full time with uh, the support of some uh, uh, professionals from Cambridge Airport and it took me about seven months to actually build it from start, start to first uh, flight test. Okay, and what sort of licenses have you gone on to or ratings since your original PPL? Uh, I uh, hold a, a multi-engine piston with bad weather rating and night rating. Uh, I'm in the process of... Uh, uh, getting my commercial uh, rating so that I can join the other pilots as a commercial uh, uh, pilot uh, for carrying passengers for Diamond Executive. Uh, and I have currently about 800 hours total time, of which uh, 300 hours is on the DA-42s. Would you need an ATPL to fly commercially or just the CPL? Uh, under European regulations, uh, uh, a CPL can fly uh, multi-engine uh, aircraft, uh, multi-engine piston aircraft, uh, but there is an increased uh, set of experience requirements compared to an ATPL. They need uh, a large number of uh, hours in command, a certain number of hours uh, of instrument time, and a certain number of hours of multi-engine time. So uh, it, it removes the rookie. Uh, CPL that you typically see in the right-hand seat of a, a Ryanair or EasyJet from the equation, which is frustrating from their viewpoint. Uh, but obviously, with a single pilot situation, uh, we do need pilots that have got uh, a depth of maturity and experience to handle potentially, you know, d demanding situations that uh, a, 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 a multi-crew environment would undoubtedly benefit. And, and therefore, for good safety reasons, the, the standards for a CPL um, or, uh, in uh, twin-engine piston operations are actually much, much higher than they are for, for jet operations. OK, thanks, Peter, for that insight into running an air taxi service. I know that it's not always been an entirely easy ride for him and his colleagues. It seems that anything to do with aviation is usually surrounded by red tape and bureaucracy, but they're now up and running. Uh, it's a brilliant idea. I really hope it works out for them. It certainly makes good sense to me. Anyway, if you'd like more information about Diamond Executive Aviation, you can contact them on 01845 501 202 or visit their website, which is www dot diamond dash executive dot aero that's www diamond dash executive dot aero well that's it for episode 12 i hope you enjoyed it if you haven't already you can subscribe to the podcast in itunes look for flying podcast under games and hobbies which is under podcasts in the itunes store as usual if you have any comments or you'd like to take part please drop me a line 
Thanks for all the comments I've received so far. Uh, the email address is steve at flyingpodcast.co.uk and I shall speak to you again soon.